Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Jack Panda and I bring you episode 98 of my daily audio vlogcast. For those of you that are new, this is an unedited raw flow of thoughts and feelings that quite often takes us to insightful places. Other times, unfortunately, the rambling takes us nowhere, although there's always some good nuggets along the way. Ultimately though, that's the risk of embracing the unknown with me here today. So I had to jump on here this morning early. I don't normally do a podcast this early, but I'm feeling inspired. I have a topic in my mind. It's making a lot of sense and I want to share it. It's related to diet. It's related to smart cities. It's related to the future of food. And these are things that, I don't know, I'm just passionate and I don't know, I just find very fascinating the, the topics that are very much in line with what I've done my whole life. Exploring food, diet, uh, cultures, and and cooking as a chef, I guess. So, what does diet have to do with smart cities, and what does do smart cities have to do with the future of food? Well, what I'm seeing very clearly happening is this disconnection from nature, right? That's not to say that there's many people trying to reconnect and moving off land and growing their own vegetables, raising their own animals, and really getting back in touch with nature. But that's a very small minority, let's face it. The majority are cooped up in cities and more and more so, um, yeah, moving to cities. If you look at Asian populations, they've been in the rural lands for, for a long time. And from my experience traveling there, the young people are leaving the land and going to the city, similar to us, I don't know, maybe a couple of decades ago when we started, I don't know, maybe, maybe longer than that. I'm not great at history. But um, a lot of people moving to cities, that's where everything happens, that's where everything goes down. Um, and if we think of food from within a city, um, you've got supermarkets, right? Of course, there are smaller shops that do high quality ingredients or food, uh, let's say like farmer shops, farmer markets. These are still still alive, but dying out slowly but surely. Most people shop at big supermarkets, right? So what do we have in supermarkets? Other than maybe a small portion of organic, which I don't even know what that means in today's world in a city. Um, it's still probably shipped across the world. It's still picked green. It's probably still monocropping, even though maybe it doesn't have pesticides. I don't know. We can't really compare organic of a supermarket in the city to someone who's growing some organic vegetables in their back garden. Can we agree on that? So what we have in a, in a supermarket is mass-produced um, food items that become commodities of, in general, low quality, but a lot of it. Uh, to feed the masses in the city. Um, all of it controlled by a, a number of corporations um, because obviously in cities at the moment people don't have the means to grow. I mean, yeah, you can do, you can grow a few herbs and vegetables maybe on your terrace or on your roof terrace in a city if you're really, really passionate. But in general, people don't grow their crops. They don't grow their own food in cities. Saying that, there is an emerging um, industry of city farming in shipping containers where you create the artificial environment within a shipping container um, and grow uh, beautiful fruits and vegetables. 
There's a guy I was listening to, I was listening to on a podcast the other day, something Musk, Dimble or Mimble or Timble Musk. Um, he's kind of uh, a leading entrepreneur in this area, if you want to know more. But I find it fascinating. They actually replicated uh, the best basil grown in Italy in history, which was in 1958, apparently, that year. The climate was just perfect, and the, the basil that was grown was the most aromatic and the most amazing. So they replicated that climate of that year within a shipping container in a, shi- in a city in the US and grew that same basil. So that's, that's mind-blowing to me. And whether this technology will be available to the masses in the future and people can have their own shipping container or their own indoor uh, farming, that would be amazing. Um, but let's face it, that's, that's plant matter, right? I don't know how animal food would fit into a city system um, a vegan diet definitely suits more of suits suits the city environment more um, especially as we distance ourselves from nature or the death that is found in nature and i don't know just as we evolve in this moral spectrum that seems to be uh i don't know how to explain it it's this attachment to life and rejection of death. I mean, that's where transhumanism is going, of like seeking the extension of life and keeping ourselves alive and just avoiding death at all costs and creating an artificial city environment that doesn't die, doesn't perish, that's ever, I don't know, it's just, just the opposite of nature, basically. We, we love life and we want to live forever, some people. I don't know if I'd want to live forever necessarily because death gives life meaning but there's a part of us that does want to live forever and there's there's a part of us that wants to have things forever we don't like to suffer we don't like to even though there's a lot of value in suffering and we learn a lot from suffering there's this fragility that we've talked about before in new generations because of the lack of anti-fragility and the over comforting environments that we are raised in and the highly sensitive um, human rights people that want to give everybody rights for everything and make sure nobody suffers and which is beautiful right and it comes from a place of good intentions but the the counter effect of creating a fluffy environment for humans is that they're going to become weaker like we, we strive and we grow and we evolve in adversity so the smart cities could become this yeah a place i mean it'll become a place for vr right i'm I'm going off on many tangents right now but if you think of the movie um one player where people are living in boxes and they go into the virtual world from their box you know but it makes going back to food because i started talking about diet and food the vegan diet makes a lot of sense for smart cities it doesn't make a lot of sense if you go and reconnect with nature and you live in harmony with nature and really understand how nature works and really embody the death of nature and integrate it and yeah think of or look into regenerative farming practices and things like this um but within a city thinking of animal foods plant foods plant foods make a lot more sense and it, it always depends on what you compare things, how you compare things. A vegan vegan diet is is not inherently good, it's not inherently bad. If, if you're talking of going into a supermarket in the city and choosing 
mass-produced plants over mass-produced meat, I would choose mass-produced plants. But if I was living on an island or in a village where there's local farming, I would opt for both. Locally grown vegetables, locally grown meat. If I had to opt between locally caught fish and mass-produced vegetables, I would opt for the locally caught fish. So we can't judge things to be inherently good or bad. It all depends, like macrobiotics. You can't um, define something without comparing it to something else. There's always a comparison. Um, so yeah, moving on from that, for now, the vegan diet fits for cities. When we move into lab-grown meat, which maybe becomes cheaper and accessible to everyone, and that's something that you can create within a city, maybe we're gonna go back to having the, the omnivorous, all-around fruits, vegetables, meat, fish, all of these products, um, but just grown without the death, grown without the suffering, all lab-grown, all artificially grown, you could say. Nuts, not necessarily bad. Like, it's just grown in a different way through technology and science, rather than growing it in soil and getting meat from dead animals. Maybe it'll just become all 3D printed food <laughs> for our transhuman bodies that we're gonna evolve to have. Let's see, that's my reflections today. As I, I did a few exercises this morning, I was like, man, I wanna talk about food, diets, smart cities. I, I realized that recently I've had a few judgments towards the vegan diet because I came out of there and I'm living on an island more in touch with nature and I see the, the, the downside of veganism and the vegan diet and how unless I was living in a city, it, it doesn't really fit. It doesn't fit. It's definitely a smart city, um, city, human, transhuman diet for now. And of course, there's a lot of moral and emotional aspects to veganism as well. That if they're not integrated, it's hard not to be vegan once you've been vegan. <laughs> Psychologically and emotionally, it's, it's a process of integration to go back to eating animal products. Especially if you've been an ethical vegan, which I was myself. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's shining here today. The sun is shining on my face. It's a beautiful day. I wish you the best of a day wherever you are in the world. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And I'll speak to you in, I'll speak to you again tomorrow. Ciao for now.